0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Small Business Digest on Blog Talk Radio. Now entering its fifth year, this show is hosted by Don Mazella, editorial director of Small Business Digest. Each week, he brings you advice and information from experts and small business leaders like yourself. Each show is designed to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas from authors, experts, and small business leaders, just like most of the individuals who make up our audience. Whenever possible, Small Business Digest tests the products and services featured on the show to ensure they are of a quality to help listeners grow their small business. Guests do not pay to appear, but are chosen for their ability to provide ideas and suggestions to improve operations, expand marketing, reduce cost, enable better personnel management, and add profits. Remember, all of our shows are archived at www.blogtalkradio.com smallbusinessdigest. You can hear this show and all others at your leisure. If you like what you hear, tell others about the program. If you have a question or suggestion, email us at editor at is-incorp.com Should you want to join us on this program during our live hour each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time dial 646-929-2337 That's editor at is-incorp.com or 646-929-2337 We're only as good as our guest and audience make us.
1: Welcome back to the program, this is James Gordon. It's been long known that stress can wreak havoc on our immune system, cause changes in our personalities, and disturb our sleep. But new research points to links between stress and our mouths. Here to share more is Dr. Stephen Daniel, board certified periodontal surgeon and incoming president of the American Academy of Periodontology. Dr. Daniel, is
2: that right? It It is, James, and good morning to you. Thank you for the opportunity. What we've found out through research and What I've noticed along with my wife, my partner in our practice is that chronic stress seems to be a risk factor for periodontal disease in that it has an impact on our body's ability to fight infections of all kinds and to repair the damage that those infections can cause. The latest research, which was published in the Journal of Clinical Periodontology, focuses on the fact that chronic stress has an impact on the flow of saliva or spit in our mouths. And while I don't think most of us pay a lot of attention to that, the saliva is protective. It helps, among other things, wash bacteria that builds up around the teeth and gums away. When that doesn't happen and more bacteria builds up, the patient is more prone both to cavities as well as gum disease or periodontal disease. Almost 50% of us <laughs> over the age of 30 have periodontal disease, and it's the number one reason people lose teeth in their adult years. And so this has a potential to impact both your ability to chew as well as your smile.
1: Wow, that was just a question. You just took the words out of my mouth, Dr. Day, and I was going to ask you. So can this stress wreak havoc on our smiles?
2: Absolutely. And, again, periodontal disease, if, if people lose teeth, well, let's put it this way. One of the main jobs as a periodontist is help people keep their teeth. Dentists are really good at replacing teeth, but if we can help you keep your natural teeth for a lifetime, that's what you want to do, and that's what we are pretty good at doing.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So it's well known that stress often leads to bad habits like overeating, you just had mentioned that, and smoking, which are bad for your physical health. But is it true that stress also can play a factor in your oral health.
2: That's correct, and again, anything that has an impact on our body's ability to fight disease and to resist disease, such as chronic stress, does have an impact on our susceptibility. There was a study done all the way back in the 1990s that showed that chronic stress, in that particular case, financial stress, led to a greater incidence of periodontal disease. So this is something we've known for a long time, but we're getting beginning to try to hone in on specifically how chronic stress has an impact on oral health. You know, obviously to try to find some ways of mitigating these. Anytime you treat someone's infection and disease, the first job is to get them healthy. The second part of that is to keep them healthy, James, and in order to do that, as many of those kinds of risk factors that you can either eliminate or or reduce, the better the chance you have of that patient staying healthy.
1: Now, gum disease is linked to heart disease, you've mentioned that, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and even possess a risk for pregnant women. Now tell us more about that. What kind of risks do pregnant women face?
2: James, basically the common denominator in those things that you listed related to gum disease or periodontal disease is inflammation an untreated periodontal infection elevates the level of inflammation in a person's body. That's why patients are more susceptible to periodontal disease and stroke, but in the instance of women who are pregnant, having that higher level of inflammation can trigger early labor, which can lead to premature babies and low birth weight babies, which is why women who are either expecting or who plan to be plan to be pregnant Uh, Need to be concerned and cognizant of this.
1: Well, let me ask you this is there any good news when it comes to gum disease and how can we prevent it?
2: Number one, there's great news when it comes to the treatment of periodontal disease. In the 35 years that I've practiced, we've gone from essentially trying to just stop the disease to being able to reconstruct and regenerate some of the bone and tissues that have been lost. In other words, give the patient back what the disease has destroyed. And that's one of the reasons that I continue to practice after all these years is it's exciting to be able to do that for people. Also, we're better at diagnosing the disease and we're better at preventing the disease. Your periodontist who works along with your dentist and hygienist can help people learn how to take care of themselves. This is a disease caused by bacteria. And if you can keep that bacteria brushed and flossed and cleaned away from the teeth on a daily basis and you have the proper sort of professional supportive care, you can prevent this disease. That's the best. If you have developed the problem by working along with your periodontist and a dentist, you can get the infection eliminated, repair the damage, and then working as a team, try to make sure that never happens again.
1: Alright, last question for you, where can we go to find a trained physician on gum disease?
2: The best place is our website, the academy's website, which is perio.org, P-E-R-I-O dot O-R-G. And I think your listeners may find two things that would be especially helpful. One is a description of what periodontal disease is, how it's diagnosed, how it's treated, what impacts it can have on you when you if it's not treated. The other is a very easy to use guide to help you find a periodontist in your area. That periodontist will work with your listener, will work with your listeners dentist and hygienist, and try to help them go from where they are now to becoming healthy, and most important of all, helping them maintain that health for the rest of their lives.
1: A lot of information, and it sounds like Uh, Perry, your website has this information for our listeners to go to, and I highly encourage our listeners to do that. Dr. Daniel, it's been a blessing having you on the program. You have a wonderful day.
2: And you as well, James. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: You're very welcome.
2: Life, it's made up of the simple day-to-day moments that keep us all running on full, full of joy, passion, and restlessness. It's singing full-on to your car radio with the windows wide open. It's a whole bunch of early morning rush hours and a few late-night runs for Rocky Road. It's full of pit stops and drive-thrus. It's life, and we live it between fill-ups at Valero. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. Our next
3: guest is Jacqueline Breslin. She's with TriMet. And she's uh, she's here to talk about what I find a fascinating survey. Jacqueline, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me.
3: Well, you know, as we ask all of our guests first, please tell us a little bit about yourself personally and your company and your website so that uh, the audience knows uh, who's talking.
4: Sure thing. So, as you mentioned, my name is Jacqueline Breslin, and I am a human resources director working for a company by the name of Trinet. And at Trinet, we provide HR benefits and payroll for small to medium sized businesses in many different types of industries from technology, financial services, nonprofits, manufacturing, retail, and we are there. We interact with them daily, so we hear their human resources concerns, help them with uh, hiring questions and termination questions. We help them with compliance law changes, uh, and certainly, as a, as another part of it, make sure that they're they're able to offer their employees fantastic benefits, and you know, great payroll. We have also have an online component, so our em- employees our clients' employees at their fingertips can access a lot of their human resources information via the web.
3: Well, that's about the company, but tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to work for TriNet? What you do? A little bit about yourself.
4: Okay, so I have been with TriNet for 16 years. Um, prior to TriNet, I was working in education and in healthcare. And TriNet's business model sort of fascinated me. Um, it was. 16 years ago it was not as common as it is today for companies to outsource their human resources. And so um, I started, started following the company and then found an opportunity. Um, I pursued them and they, were, they, they seemed to be happy to have me pursue them. And so at Trinet, um, I work on the HR consulting side. So I work directly with clients and the work that I do are things like employee investigations really difficult ER situations I help them navigate through them so maybe it's a, a challenging termination of an employee or maybe it's a situation where a client is hiring somebody and they get a background check that has some information on it that they're they're not quite sure what to do next um, maybe you know, as clients try to comply with things like you know paid sick leave and changing you know minimum wage laws um, they they look to me and my team to help them, know what to do
3: next. Well, that's fascinating. And, but you're here today in part to talk about a survey that uh, your company d- uh, did, and you have some interesting results. Can you tell us some of that?
4: Yes, absolutely. So we did a recently conduct a survey of small and mid mid-sized business owners, um, and those were – Small and, and mid-sized business owners on both sides of the political spectrum, and the questions surround how they, what their opinion is on how the Trump administration is doing or isn't doing to help them succeed. And this was, you know, a, sort of a reflection of how they're feeling as President Trump hits his hundredth day in office.
3: And what, what is some of the survey information that you gleaned from this?
4: Well, the survey results are really, really pretty fascinating. Um, small business owners state that they don't feel like a priority. So, for example, 75% of small business owners said that Trump has prioritized the interests of big business over small businesses since he took office. So that's one of the things that you know came through in the survey, and that small businesses have concerns about Trump's presidency. Ninety-one percent of small business owners have at least some concern about Trump's presidency, and you know, for example, forty-nine percent say he lacks political experience. Thirty-seven percent believe he won't keep his promises to lower business taxes, and thirty-seven percent say Congress will block his initiatives. So those are some of the specific concerns that the the survey revealed.
3: Well, that, that's very interesting. Um, But but now, um, in looking at the survey, what are some of the other things you found out uh, in the survey that might be of interest? Our audience is made up fifty nine percent are owners and or presidents of of smaller companies. So do you have any other results from from that survey?
4: Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like that you know the the audience is really the the perfect. Um, group to even have participated in the survey. So hopefully those stats that I've read so far are are resonating. Um, So some other things to share is it's not all negative news for Trump. So 63% of small business owners believe that Trump's presidency will have a positive impact on their business. So 69% believe his actions and policies on taxes will be beneficial. 68% agree that his plans for regulatory relief will make it easier for them to do business. So it's not, not all negative. And they also, small businesses, they want more action from Trump. So although it's not all negative, they're ready for action. So 91% of small business owners think better action is needed from Trump in the following in the following issues and the following areas. So they, 47% want more legislation on health care benefits for employees. Forty-five percent would like simplified regulations, and forty percent want a stable regulatory environment. So, especially you know, surrounding healthcare, small businesses, you know, just concerned and isn't quite sure how to what to do next. Um, you know, is the Affordable Care Act going to be repealed? I mean, what will what will happen? So, I know that the survey certainly revealed that, and I definitely, though, our our clients. Um, Ask us really on a daily basis. You know what? What? Do, what do we need to know about what's happening with ACA?
3: Well, uh, let's delve a little bit. And let me ask uh, uh, in the survey: Do you think they want the, uh, the ACA Act repealed, or do they do they want it modified? You know, it's
4: it seems like employee. I'm sorry, employers. Leaders, business owners, small business owners, would would like it to be modified. So, you know, one of the things that many business owners believe, um, you know, the impact of the ACA may have been is the the increase of their it has increased their costs um, for providing providing coverage Um, is some you know some of the theories out there. And so, what they would like is you know, modification, and also, you know, perhaps some relief on the cost, it's, it's, uh, you know, the health insurance costs that they have faced over the years.
3: Well, you know, we have a lot of people on this program at uh, differing times. Everybody, you know, it's like um, a blind men with an, uh, trying to figure out what an elephant is. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. has their own idea as to what uh, should be modified. Do you think that they, um, Want some of the mandates that uh, the ACA Act requires? For, for instance, pregnancy for every, paying for pregnancy for everybody, uh, et cetera. Uh, did, did you did you did you survey uh, indicate that or not?
4: Yeah, our survey doesn't indicate what specific areas that there's you know that business owners would be look forward to having modifying or what their opinion is on what is driving driving up the cost, um, you know, some of the things that I, that business owners haven't, have enjoyed and benefited from, though from the ACA as an employer, are things like, you know, no pre-existing conditions. And, and that has helped employers on the attraction and retention side, um, you know, of, of employees. I mean, that is, that's, you know, to be able to say our plans will, you know, will cover you has, is a is a fantastic thing to be able to say. In the past, that wasn't always the case, and then that meant employers, you know, lost out on good candidates if they had plans that were not as rich as maybe you know the the competitor up the road. So it did equalize some well, things uh, for employers.
3: I'm sorry. Could you say that again? I, I so, talked over you. I apologize.
4: No problem. So I was just saying that. You know the ACA has equalized some things for employers.
3: Well, um, it's fascinating. Uh, I would like now to go a little bit off the survey, because you raised a couple of issues that, that um, someone like yourself perhaps can answer. Um, we we had somebody recently on uh, on. Talking about uh, how difficult it is for small business uh, leaders to fire someone. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, they have difficulty, and uh, because of the various laws. What do you say to some someone who says, "Look, I have a, a someone I'm thinking of firing. What do I have to do to to make sure that uh, I'm in compliance with the laws?"
4: Yes. Um, so that's a That is a great question and certainly something that we spend working on our clients with quite a bit. So the, what we typically do is we'll have the client paint the picture of what's gone on with the employee. So we'll ask them questions starting from, you know, sort of where they, starting from today. So what if, you know, you, making a decision decision to terminate an, an employee is not typically taken lightly. So there's some reason why that client's calling um, there's, or some, I'm sorry, some reason why the clients made that decision for termination. And so we dig into that decision. What, what's, what's happening? Is it poor performance? Is it a, you know, is it financial challenges within the organization that have, they've made a decision to, you know, eliminate a position or lay somebody off? Um, what, you know, really, why, why are we discussing this? And then if it's, or whatever that answer is, it's about digging deeper there. So if it's about the employee's poor performance, we would ask them to walk us through. Um, you know, have you documented? Have you discussed this with the employee? Have you provided training? You know, wh- what what have you done? And, and open ended questions that way. Um, and then if it's due to a, you know a financial challenges within the business, it would be questions surrounding why why is this employee being selected. So if you have, you know, ten employees to choose from within your company and you know you need to reduce your payroll costs by, you know, seventy-five thousand dollars and you've selected this employee, why this employee? And and what we're what we're looking for in those types of questions is to try and help identify any red flags, which could be something like discrimination. So are they are they choosing the employee um, is one of the facts that they share with me that they're choosing the employee because the employee is on a medical leave of absence and we've decided we don't really, we're fine without them. We don't really need to keep them right now. So that could look like retaliation for somebody taking a, taking a leave of absence. Um, does the employee have a long tenure with the company who they've never received a performance review and a fact, in fact they've received you know raises over time? Um, that would indicate that the employee was performing just fine and now they want to be terminated. Yet there's no sort of pro- progressive discipline that's happened or coaching or counseling or, you know, performance management. So, and with that, with, without those sorts of things, it, again, could look like a discriminatory situation that maybe that person's being selected because they, you know, they're over 40 years old and that's a protected class or. You know, there, there's factors such as that that we just, we try to peel that back for the employee, I'm sorry, the, the client to have them see what the optics look like um, on the situation. And then we also would, you know, if we, if we agree or if the client's like comfortable with whatever the risk is or the client presents to us that they've done a lot of hard work in coaching and counseling the employee but they still haven't improved and they're ready to let the person go, Then we walk through the logistics of that. What are the laws surrounding the final pay? Do they need to pay out accrued vacation time? Um, You know, the employee needs to be offered COBRA for benefits continuation and how we'll help them with that. So it's sort of this this multi-layer piece of understanding what the current situation is, identifying any potential red flags, and then discussing discussing the logistics of either, um, you know, having that termination happen. Or it's a conversation of, while you're not ready now to terminate the employee, if you do these things, such as manage the employee's performance and document them, put them on a performance improvement plan, you may be ready to, you know, terminate the employee in 30 days. Let's let's talk again.
3: Well, Jacqueline, I know um, how TriNet works, but our uh, many in our audience may not. Uh, can you explain exactly? Uh, why a a small business would use a company like Trinet um, to to manage their employees?
4: Yes, so companies come to us to have a partner in human resources. And our clients, um, although some have internal human resources, even if if they do, that human resource person is likely focused on you know, re- recruiting or building culture. And what they need is a, a HR partner who focuses on compliance and HR best practices, um, and so that they can focus, so that business can focus on what they do best. So our clients, as I mentioned, are from a you know, di- diverse background of industries and you know what their main emphasis is, but it's never HR. And so, by partnering with us, we deliver that component so they can do what they do best. And they have a spot to call, email somebody to come visit on, you know, on on site if that's what the the you know the client requires um, to help them with the with the HR piece. So that means the client doesn't have to worry about it. We worry about HR for them. So we provide policies to them and on you know an online system where HR work happens and somebody to speak to when you, you know, when they have an HR challenge, you know, a, a direct person that can help them, that gets to know them, and that can advise them.
3: But the small business chooses the, uh, uh, the employee, recruits them, et cetera. You, in effect, manage the uh, various elements of that employee w- once they're on board. Am I correct?
4: Yes, that's correct. Now, we do have talent acquisition services, so for our clients who prefer um, or who want us to support them with the talent acquisition recruiting process, we're happy to do so. And they engage us in that, and that's a strategic service that we offer them. And if the client may have their own sort of method to recruit, and then we meet the client, I'm sorry, we meet the employee when they start with us. We start with the client who then introduces them to us. So. Um, we do, we do make it easy. As you know, many times a small business is managing multiple vendors, so they have a workers' comp carrier, a payroll provider, a benefits provider. They might have another HR consultant. We bring that all together under one umbrella, so the client's just calling us, and has you know reduces the number of vendor relationships they have.
3: Uh, do you help them uh, with their healthcare? Do you have programs for that as well?
4: We we do. So we have a number of benefits offerings that um, our clients select. And so we, we bring the plans to the table. And the client then selects their benefit funding strategy, so how much they're going to contribute to their employees employees' benefits. And the beauty of that is our consultants work with clients and can talk about what, you know, what other like clients, so based on their size, based on based on their industry, based on the geography, what we see other clients and it's, it's real data. We take information, you know, from our systems and then we can you know, we can share back with them that, you know, in, in your geographic region um of, of San Francisco, employers on average are paying, you know, eighty percent of the cost of, of coverage. And so the client can can gauge how competitive they are from a funding strategy, and they don't have to worry about selecting the plans because we do that for them. So we shop for the benefits, we negotiate with the brokers, we we set up the system online so employees can en- enroll. We add employees, we take employees off based on you know the clients and their hiring. We administer COBRA. So after an employee employee leaves, we we take that on, and the employee interfaces directly with us. They're not interfacing with their their former employer on COBRA we have a customer service center so if the, if the employee has questions about benefits they can call us they don't have to they don't have to bug the ceo of the company to find out what the dental plan is they can call trinet and we can help them with that
3: well is there a minimum like is it two employees five employees uh, 10 employees uh, is there a, a minimum or a maximum that uh, that you, you need to be if you're a small business to use someone like uh, Trinet.
4: You know we have clients that have just one employee, and typically that one employee company is usually is usually growing. They don't plan to stay just one employee, um, but we you know we have clients that are one, and then we have uh, clients that have thousands of employees. So the the model fits and works and scales as a, as a client evolves with us. Um, and you know their their needs when they're one employee is not the same when they're when they're 20 50 100 you know 200 500 and 1000 but we we work with them throughout that growth cycle um, and you know and help and help them and and many if when we talk to clients many times they'll say that they couldn't have grown without us like they they were they needed to focus on the pieces that it took to grow their business and we helped them not worry about that and especially a client who's growing in different states and that can be such a pain so but but with us as their partner they're fine so they don't have to worry about if they're hiring an employee for the you know the first time in New York and they're based in California then we have we have medical plans there we can process payroll there we know what um, important policies that they need to follow for a New York employee and so that's that's another Big benefit of working with us as our clients can grow nationally, and not pause to you know to try to figure out the HR piece of that. We're, we're there helping them with that.
3: We're talking with Jacqueline Breslin. She's with TriMet. She's a, a very articulate and knowledgeable person, uh, and I'm taking advantage of, of her knowledge because uh, it, it's, it's always been a fascinating, uh, fascinating. A piece for me uh, to talk to, to uh, uh, companies like Trinet because uh, uh, there seems to be a trend and correct me if I'm wrong Jacqueline, that uh, uh, more and more companies are outsourcing almost everything uh, except the, their basic business while they concentrate on the business other people concentrate on the various parts of it would that be an accurate Description of what you're doing.
4: Yes, that is an ac- an accurate description, and we've seen um, we 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 see that for certain. So you know, it's, it's really interesting where some of the clients that we work with. To your point, they've outsourced everything. So they've outsourced IT, they've outsourced accounting. They're really just fo- focused, and it's not just adjust, but it's smart and for for depending on the company it really allows them to laser focus on their own product, their own research and development, what they do best. And then they put together, um, you know, a suite of experts that are, you know, are there for them, but um, without having, you know, having to hire or build their own infrastructure, um, they, they're just, again, like solely focused on their core, their core business. So it's, it's interesting. And I've, as I mentioned, I've been with Trinet for 16 years, and um, I've seen the market really grow and, and be more accepted um, on HR and then other outsourcing. So now it's not at all unusual when I meet a new client and they'll tell me on the on the welcome call, "like we we totally believe in outsourcing. We outsource everything."
3: Very definite. We're coming towards the end of of, uh, of our time together. Um, in your experience, uh, what would be two things you tell a small business person are, are critical to, the, to managing employees from your from your uh, vantage point?
4: Yeah, so I would I would start with so if I had to narrow it down to one two, um, one would be have a really strong recruiting and onboarding process and there is just no detail that's too small in this, in this part of the equation, of employment equation. So from the very beginning when, when an employer identifies that they're, they need to hire an employee, and for whatever reason is, whether it's growth or replacing somebody who has resigned, but spending the time to define what they need, what sort of qualities are they looking for, what are the skills, what are the attributes, um, making sure that if there are other, you know, other departments that interface with that role that everybody gets on the same page internally about what we need for this next new hire. And then it's about you know, figuring out how you're going to recruit for that person, where, you know, where you're going to do that, how you're going to do that, or use a recruiter yourself, whatever that piece is, but then also getting really crisp on that process. What will we ask in the interview? Who will who will participate? Is everybody ready? You know, for this interview, is everybody on the same page of who's going to ask what? And then, are, do we all agree on um, on what qualities we're going to rate this person on? So get that get that cleaned up. And then, in the once you have a new person starting, the same care and concern that you go through in the recruiting process make that experience you know fantastic. The, the statistic on the number of employees who resign in the first six months is incredible. I think it's something like 50% of new hires resign within the, you know, after, within the first six months. And it is expensive to recruit, it's time consuming. And when when you dig into why employees leave, many employees will say that they had just a terrible onboarding experience. Um, so that getting that really, you know, dialed up and buttoned up, and given an given employee a great experience. And onboarding doesn't just last their first week. Onboarding is a is a multi month process to keep checking in with that with that worker. Um, so I would I would say that's my number one recruiting and onboarding, getting that a really a really clean process to give give uh, applicants and new hires a, a fantastic entree into your company. And then I would, I would balance that out with um, figuring out um, retention of, of those employees, of, of employees. You've spent so much investing on this side. What do they need? What's their opinion of the, of the company? Um, what's your company culture? And, and ha- you know, getting, empl- getting that um, synced up also. So managers, making sure managers understand the culture and speak to the culture. Figuring out, you know, all you know, each company has critical people within it, and so how are those? Why are those critical employees, you know, staying? And what will it take to retain them? And then making sure you have things like, you know, benefits and compensation that match what those what employees need. And so spending spending time, and that's that can be hard for small business to. They think that that's something I, I find that they think employee engagement and culture is only for big companies. But small companies, small businesses are fantastic and fantastic to work for. And understanding what makes that business a great place to work and being able to, to articulate that is, you know, is really powerful on the front of you know retaining employees and then even on the recruiting side, it's important too. So both those things work together. So recruiting and onboarding, and then figuring out the retention piece.
3: We're talking uh, with Jacqueline Breslin. She's with Trinet. Jacqueline, uh, your website again, and if the people wanted to talk to you, can they do that?
4: Yeah. So we're at www.trinet.com, and Trinet is spelled T-R-I-N-E-T.
3: Okay. Thank, thank you so much for being with us today. I, I know I learned a lot, and I hope our audience did as well. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with other guests invited to help you, our audience, improve operations, expand marketing, reduce cost, enable better personnel management, and add profits. Remember, all of our shows are archived at www.blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. You can hear this show and all others at your leisure. If you like the show, tell others about it. Want to make a comment or be a guest? Email us at editor at is-incorp.com. Your host was Don Mazella, Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. Until next time, keep faith with the ideals that made America great. And remember, small business is still the backbone of commerce.